0: You're listening to the Podwhacker Podcast Show, a show with a wide range of topics and new guests each episode with the goal of finding the common ground as we challenge ourselves to understand what makes us different. Prepare to hear stories that inspire and test your convictions. So now that you know the who, the what, and the why, let's start the show with your host, John C. Fuentes.
1: Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, my name's John, and in this episode, we're going to speak to a mother-son duo that uh, were both accomplished in their own fields, but decided to blaze their own trail with hopes of finding a more productive career where they can use their problem-solving skills on a daily basis. They flip houses. Meet Sana and Ben.
2: I think I get inspired by productivity and being able to see something that's been done. So that's part of why house flipping feels comfortable, I think to Ben and I both, is that productivity and being able to see your the results of your productivity right. is what drives me.
1: I agree with that. So, you know, entrepreneurs have to have that, that inner drive. Yeah. So would you say that you knew you had that drive um, early from the beginning or is this something that you cultivated as you as you progressed through your career
2: I think that my productivity is was innate from my family my parents drove that home and so when I became a professor it felt like the productivity was all very you're writing, papers for publication, you were writing grants, you were getting money, you were teaching students. And the productivity, even though you can see a paper that gets published, gets really old after 17 years. So it wasn't inspiring anymore. It also wasn't challenging. And so I had an undergrad in psychology and social work, then a master's in social work, and a PhD in social work. And then I was a professor for 17 years. And then it's, I think it's that, it's the cr- creativity that Ben and I talk about all the time. And just being able to see the results of what you do is so important and you don't get that in academia. And academia is a, it's a terrible place to work in a lot of ways. It's a nice desk job, but at 60 years old, I decided to give up my desk job and come flip houses and get dirty every day. I knew I had five years left before I could retire and I could have had a good pension and I said, that five years means more to me to be happy than it does to have the money forever.
1: So Ben, so, did you join right away?
0: With no, this? She, you had been doing it for about three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had done about four or five houses. I've been coming down here and visiting. Um, would help her every once in a while when I'd come down. Uh, I've done remodeling on my own house. Um,
2: yeah, we've all been kind of DIYers yeah, our Yeah, we're all lives. pretty
1: handy. So is that something that became natural that when, when you were trying to decide what the next chapter was? Is it it's like, you know what, this looks lucrative. I'm going to try it. Or was it something what, what led you to? It wasn't, for
0: me, it wasn't really even the lucrative uh, numbers. It was more about doing something you enjoy. Um, I was a Coke delivery driver, uh, paid really well, but I hated the job. So when I came down here, it was just fun to do it. And I like seeing the end result and your hard work and you get to be part of that and like your biggest compliment is people overpaying for the house because you did such a good job so that's my biggest compliment from people is not what they say but their money talks right right absolutely yeah
2: yeah for me i got into it because i always had we always did this mm-hmm. diy flippy we always did a lot of our stuff in our own house. we tiled everything we did floors and all that kind of thing and it's the, I, and I've talked to so many people about this. If you you watch HGTV and it all looks so fun.
0: <laughs> fun and easy.
2: And easy, yes. And so when we first, my husband and I decided I was still teaching, and he said, let's just take him some money. We had good income. But let's just go buy a house. And so we called it my hobby house. And so my first house was my hobby house, and I was still teaching at the university, and I'm doing the stuff on the side in the evening and on weekends. Um, My other son, who's the real estate agent, is the one that helped me find it. So he was in it and he would come over and help once in a while when I needed some man muscles. And it took me almost six months to finish that house. And I learned a ton. We call it the problem du jour. (laughs) Every day there's some big thing that would be a problem and you'd have to solve that challenge. And it was the first time in years that I'd had to do that. Because this academic stuff I had, you can do it by in your sleep. So here was this problem du jour every day that was really hugely challenging, but in a way fun. Right, because you get to be creative. Yeah, you yeah. get to pick the tile, you get to pick the design, you get to see how it comes out when you're done, and you say, I did that, and you but walk away. But then you away. have to
0: put all that, all your design into motion, so you have to know how to do all those things that you want <laughs> to do. So when we first started, it was pretty basic, floors, painting, uh, maybe some new cabinets here and there and now we do total kitchen remodels bathroom remodels like build walls build bathrooms out of living rooms if need be
2: yeah we've done like, some crazy yeah we things. just
0: learned you just learn what you need to
1: get that design that you want so you look on YouTube and you see a lot of people doing it and like you said they make it look really easy
2: <laughs> they leave out all the hard steps on YouTube right. that's the problem
1: <laughs> so so the question is because there's a lot of people that say, hey, I want to do this, I want to get into this, and they'll, they'll pull out a second mortgage to get that second house. It, is, that, is that what we call trouble? Is that? Is that-
2: oh, that would be dumb. Yeah. We just happened to, I, my husband and I happened to be in a position where we had the cash. right? And if we had lost the cash, it wouldn't have sunk us, we would have been okay still. right? So for us, the risk was more about emotional happiness is this going to do it or is this just going to be this horrible thing that i take on and decide that okay that's not it we'll try something else but i just knew i had to do something about getting out of academia so as it after that first household i bought another one that my son's a friend who's going into foreclosure we bought her house and it was a bigger house a massive house actually out here in this area and it was that summer that I worked on that that I called my dean and said, "You know what? I'm done."
1: But but how how did that feel for your for you? at least knowing that that was off your back now now that oh you-
2: I have never once had a second where I wished I hadn't done it. That's great. So from from day one buying that house with the problems du jour, it's been. The best decision I ever made, and I don't think money-wise it ever really mattered. We've done well money-wise. I don't think I, if I had stayed at UT, I'd probably make about the same. I don't come because of the money at all. I don't need. I don't need it. Right. But I, I'll be 66 next month, and I'm still here.
1: Right. And 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 it's probably going
2: to be for a while.
1: It's hard to to um, communicate that that idea is not about money Mm -hmm. to people um, because sometimes a lot of people are driven by money so how do you get across to them to say hey don't chase the money but chase something that you're going to enjoy doing what do you think about that
2: because I think I'm at a place in my life where we've done really well and so I can say that I don't think 10 years ago I would have said that if it hadn't paid me decent and I mm-hmm. could have replaced my salary, I probably would have had to walk away. So with Ben, you
0: for me, it's have not. to well, think for, a little bit me, more about the money. So when I decided I was gonna come down here, um, I already had my house in Utah, and I said, I want six months. I don't wanna just sell up, come down here, and not really know what I'm getting into. Um, so I stayed at her place for six months, decided it was what I wanted to do. Um, I was already in a place in my life where you know everything was getting samey. I had you know friends that were all the same. Every week was the same, the job was boring, paid decent. So when I decided I wanted to come down here, I asked her, I says, Can you afford to have me come down? Uh, are you willing to give up? You know, how much I'm making at Coke, can you pay me the same? Because I'm not moving down here if I'm taking a pay cut. Right. <laughs> and she says, Yeah, come on down. So when I came down at that, after six months, I really enjoyed what I was doing and went back and sold my house and moved down here permanently. Sure. Working with family is a totally different dynamic than working with coworkers or. Having just a you know different boss kind of a thing. It's good for us to bounce ideas back and forth. We even get my other brother in involved with decisions on stuff because it's not you can't just go with just one person's view. Right. And so you just kind of have to hash it out with what you think looks good, what the other person thinks looks good, how to do things. Yeah,
2: I think we do pretty decent. Yeah, man. I think we have. I think we've.
0: I think at first there might have been you know a little bit of headbutting because you just. We're right. trying, trying to, to get your it point across. we right. never, it never right. worked
2: together before. Right. So it takes some time to sort of figure out the dynamics. Interaction. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So
1: are, are you um, a native Texan?
2: I was born and raised in Idaho. Okay. And then moved to Utah, and that's where Ben was born.
1: That's where I was for 40
0: years.
2: Then I moved away to get my master's degree at University of Washington, Washington University in St. Louis. Okay. And then went to Buffalo, New York, and then went, and then came to Texas and got hired at UT.
0: So I was born and raised in Utah, had always been there, never thought in a million years I'd ever move out of Utah. But like I said, I was it was just a, just happened to be that perfect storm of everything was boring. and then there's this opportunity. and it was just the perfect timing of my life. Even though I was forty, that's a huge change. just decide to up and leave everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah,
1: I think it was, I think I was just ready for it. So, So what would you tell someone that is on the cusp of something where they feel that they are ready to make a change? They're at the fork in the road, but they're unsure.
0: So, you have to kind of be financially in a position to do something like that. Uh, I was moving to a place where I had family. So, if I ever had any issues, at least I had them to kind of fall back on if I needed anything um, to move into a city all by myself without that I don't know if I I don't think I would ever have done that
2: and I also think that you had I mean you stayed at our house we have a guest house in the back that we can build for kids to come visit us and having that space was also a help for not only for me, but for you, I mean, we Yeah, for the six-month
0: trial that I came down for. So I think that
2: was part of it. I would say, too, that you've got to be in a financial place to make those kinds of decisions. I mean, if you're, we see a lot of people who flip houses and they leave it half done because they run out of money. Okay. I mean, flipping is not a cheap- Endeavor by the place, and then you got to put you know, and if you can't 50, do $60, it, thousand dollars into mm-hmm, it, then and you got to you, know what you're doing. Yeah,
0: if you can't do it, you got to hire it out, and that's where the real money goes quick. Right. If you have to hire anything out,
2: so, so I think because we had the money okay. and felt stable, where the risk was. At least for me and my my husband, we were, we were fine, no matter. Right. That house wasn't going to be sold for less than what we paid for it, so there wasn't that big of a risk. It was mostly my time, which that was no risk to me. That was, a, that was the adventure.
1: So, you know? yeah, so you're, you minimize the, the liability, right? Oh,
2: absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I do you do see a lot of people trying to get in this business, and I think you see a lot of them leaving. What is the
1: average margin if you do all the work yourself versus if you contract some of the work? I mean, what, what, are, the, what, are, what are we talking about as far as margins go?
2: Well, I think we, we don't buy a house unless we know that we can, we can come up with a $100,000 spread. And okay. that means we have to do all the—the $100,000 includes all the rental— f- Product, Mm -hmm. All the stuff that we put in a place and then just enough to give us a little bit of money to having done all the hard work.
0: Plus 6% closing costs. Right. And And then you
2: got all the real estate fees that are, you know, that takes basically 8% of the cost of the sale. So if we were to hire out, say, flooring... This would probably cost us $15,000. Well, I'm going to do all the flooring. It cost us, I don't know, 7000 to buy it. There's where the profit is.
1: Exactly. So okay. The profit
2: is in our backs. Same thing with tile. Or you building
0: know, a kitchen, or even bath. Even painting. Bathrooms. I mean, even yeah. we
2: get people all the time wanting to come and paint for us, and it's like, <laughs> 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 you know. If we can't paint our own houses, we've got troubles. And we usually paint the inside and the outside. Yeah, and we've got big sprayers, and we've learned how to do. Ben's really gotten proficient at spraying paint, and so you just get good at a whole variety of things.
1: Right, so it's like a building block. You start, mm-hmm. and you just build on your skill set. Right. You, you watch do...
2: YouTube a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. pointers. Yeah. Uh huh.
2: That's how I learned every, to lay floors.
0: Every everything you do is not going to be the same as what you're watching on YouTube, but you're going to have your own issues and difficulties with your own job, but you can at least get some pointers and some steps of how to maybe start it or how to finish it. it, it it's a good thing to use, but it's not gonna work exactly for
1: you every in every situation. Now, so how many projects do you guys work on uh, at a time? Do you guys do more than one or do you- You mean houses? Yeah, houses. No, just, just one at one a time. time. One at a time, okay.
2: Yeah, We have another one already bought that's just sitting empty right now because we're hoping this will be done in the next six weeks or so. So right. you buy them when you can get them because right. they are so hard to come by. Exactly.
0: Cause you need that you need at least that spread. That spread. So, But here in Austin, the, the, the uh, market is just insane. I mean, people want so much more for crap, stuff that's just not worth anything, but they want, you know, $20,000, $50,000 more, and that just cuts into our profits and they're just not viable for us.
2: Yeah. We can't make any money on, no. them, on so many of them. So
0: it's, it's a lot of looking.
2: And there's not very much, there's not very many for sale. The inventory, right. is, I mean, the inventory super is low. Terrible right yeah. now.
1: So, so on, on, um, on YouTube, I remember watching a video where it was, I think it was called um, wholesale real estate where <laughs> these people go out there and then they're kind of like the middle guy. Mm-hmm. What, what, yeah. what is, we <laughs> they, bought, we bought several houses through uh, uh, one. Um,
2: or two? No, we've bought them several. Maybe
0: two yeah.
2: from a wholesaler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what they do. They go, they go find this poor old fam mommy, right. probably the old grandma,
1: right?
2: And they work her into saying, "We'll, we'll just take your house for you. You don't have to, you don't have to do any moving costs or anything. We'll just come get it, and then they resell it to somebody like us for a hundred thousand more." And that's all they've done is just moved out Grandma, and Grandma didn't get as much money as she should have if she'd just put it on the market yeah. with a real estate agent. But not knowing better. But not knowing. So they come, they go knock on doors. They, right. they go around knocking on people's doors and asking if they want to sell their houses. I yeah. find them the cockroaches of real estate. Like, right. Right. Because
1: right. Yeah. Because
2: they're just that's all they do is yeah. They're not take in there to help
0: people. the people find a house or, you know, sell their house. They're not like a normal realtor. They don't know really, I would say they probably know half of the in and outs of real estate. They just want a quick buck.
1: So like you're saying, um, Austin is saturated because mm-hmm. every, every, you know everyone's moving here. But yes, not... but nobody's selling. Right. So yeah. w- have you thought of um, other areas that you're yeah. exploring? No? You won't <laughs> go yeah. anywhere?
2: I, I, I will not move outside of the area. I go home at lunchtime every day to check on my husband, right? He's right. ill. And so that has been, from day one when we started this, half of the fun was having him come visit me at the flip house wherever right. it is and if it's not close by that's not feasible right so he was he had his own business up until three and a half years ago and then he he's gotten sick in the last six months but um, he would always come to visit me at least once a day sometimes twice when i was doing it by myself because all of a sudden i wasn't in at the university far away so the the benefits of having that relationship and having him around more was lovely
0: well yeah anyway. that and the commute you were dealing with a 30 40 50 minute commute from yeah UT. From UT, right so if you pick something close to your own home it's 10 15 minutes
2: yeah, we've gotten a little further away yeah. as Ben's come along. Okay. So I started here kind of in this area, which is just down the street from, my, I think I'm two miles away from home. Okay. Um, but the next house that we just bought is clear over on Westgate. So
1: So no, no um, bass drop or...
2: No. No.
0: no. Uh, our brothers, not... my brothers is, has tried to talk us into, you know, maybe going a little bit further out, but... To
2: Kyle. But okay. the numbers,
0: I mean the numbers aren't any better than what we can find here. So it's like, well there's that huge commute and then it's you know, you're far spending more money me. doing that, that's your it's your, your time.
2: I'm too far, far away from home. And too I'm far right. away from and home I won't go. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> it, is it really worth it? <laughs> right. the
2: house we just bought up on Westgate and about two ninety, that area up in there, five hundred and twelve thousand dollars for a shithole. Wow.
1: It's in bad shape.
2: It's in bad shape. It's, it's terrible. Big.
1: Yeah. So it's just a land Terrible. you're buying, yeah, you're just yeah, buying the, yeah.
2: Well, you're buying a house that you're going to work on, but it's really, really ugly. But it's in an area where if we sell that thing after we get it done, we're probably going to get seven. close to seven.
1: But what's the next step? Once they say, hey, I've secured my finances. I'm ready to take a leap. What's the next step for someone that has the finances?
2: Do you know how to do it? I mean, can you, are you actually handy? Are you pull handy? it off? Yeah,
1: oh, yeah. are you handy at all?
2: Because even if you're going to hire out the floors, you're going to hire yeah. out the plumbing, you're going to hire out something else, you still have to know the basics of what all the right. pieces are, and you got to have kind of a decent are, design eye.
0: You are now becoming a general contractor, so you need to know all the of basics of even right. that. So I, you need to educate yourself of some sort.
2: And the design thing is a big deal. Design. Because <laughs> you can tell on a flip house if it's a guy or. who's been the designer. Or if there's got yeah, some, at least a little bit of feminine something in there, yeah. they always look better. So if it's just a bunch of men right. that are you know coming in and doing all this work, they don't yeah. really you could care. You can definitely tell. Yeah, it's really interesting. The ones who have sort of a design eye and those who are just putting in stuff, just changing out stuff.
1: So I, I think this is great because. We're, we're, you know, you're communicating to the people that it's not that easy. It's not as no, easy as it is no, on YouTube. No, no, no. There's, so there, there's the financial part where you need to have security. Mm-hmm. And then there's an educational part where you have to, before you spend a dollar, you have to make sure that you have this um, the generalized... skills. skills. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then, like when we first, the very first, the second house, I guess I did. I actually paid somebody to come in and help me learn how to stage a house. Because my staging, I didn't want to pay some you can pay people to come stage a house, right. but it cost two or three thousand dollars. Well I didn't have two or three thousand dollars.
0: Or why would you wanna give that over out of my profit just for some furniture? Right. Right. So
2: I I just was using stuff I had at my house, right? And I'd take it over and it obviously Looked like my house but it's not like the house that I was putting it in so she came in and just decimated me (laughs) you have got to do this and this and this and all this is terrible these are all ugly yeah she, she was she decimated me I went out and bought a bunch of furniture, and put it in the garage of my guest house, and now that's what we use to stage the houses. And it's all, it's reused every single house, and it all looks the same. <laughs> if you look at the pictures of every house that we sell, it's, it's furnished exactly the same way, but it's, all, Different under layouts. The, it's yeah. all under this sort of the rubric of, here's what a good staged house looks like. That's great. Not what my house looks like, not what Ben's <laughs> house looks like, but
0: what and it needs to be—you know—more modern, up to date stuff that people are looking at. It needs to match the house that we're that we're remodeling. She
2: told me, "I'm sell- you're selling a dream. Nobody's going to have a house that looks like this when they move in. And You're right. selling the dream, and I think that's been something I've thought about every time. Is it's not about Kind of what you think it's going to be. It's the, what you want to make it look like when they walk in the door of that open house. They can see themselves in this gorgeous thing.
0: Thank you for listening to the Pod Podcast Show. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, we publish new episodes every Tuesday evening.